My name is Zach, and I'm the lead pastor here. I want to welcome you to Antioch, whether you are in the sanctuary here with us this morning or you are worshiping with us online. Church, we love you, and we are excited to get to encounter the presence and the power of Jesus here in our midst. Just a few housekeeping reminders. It's so awesome to see everyone. We are uh, doing our best to create a safe environment uh, here in the, in the facility. And toward that end, we're asking everyone to wear your mask. When people come on stage, we tell them, take your mask off, because honestly, it'd be very hard uh, for someone to sing or preach. I'm already out of breath from worship with a mask on. But while you are in uh, your seat, in the, in the lobby, etc., if you'll keep your mask on, that will allow us to keep on doing these services. And when you exit the building, take your mask off, take a deep breath. So we're trying to do masks and where we can try and practice social distancing. And if for some reason you're not feeling well, uh, we'd encourage you to join in online that week. Uh, we have a great team working to help take what's happening, both make it an in-person experience and an online experience. And online people, again, we love you. We are in a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. So welcome to week three of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're entering into the third week. We started this series with a passage out of the book of, oh, excuse me, there you go, out of the book of Hosea, uh, from Hosea chapter 10, and it says this, <coughs> excuse me, it says, sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. And we said that 2020 was a year of breaking for us. 2020 was a year of brokenness where we went through so many challenges, complexities, uncertainties, personally in your own life, as a church, as a generation, 2020 was a breaking year. And as we've gone into 2021, I know that for so many, that breaking has just continued. That the pain and the brokenness did not stop when the new year changed. But I have good news for you today. In the kingdom of God, brokenness is not the end of the story. In the kingdom of God, what we see here from this principle of scripture is that brokenness is just preparation for new seeds being sown, for new harvests coming out. And so we have decided to consecrate the first part of our year, these 21 days, to seeking the Lord, saying, God, we have been broken this last year, but we want to look with eyes of hope. And instead of just looking at the brokenness, we want to look at what you are wanting to plant in our lives. And my confident expectation is that when we get to January 31st and this season of prayer and fasting is over that the work won't be over, that we won't just move on into February, but that we will move forward with new seeds planted and a new harvest to come. We said that we are trying to, in this season, this particular season of fasting, we do fasting in lots of different ways as a church, but in this season, we're challenging everyone to go on what we've called a media fast. I think we can all agree in 2020, we were inundated with uh, movies, TV shows, social media, uh, news stories, all the like, just marinating every day all around us. 
the background noise, right? And we're wanting to take intentional time to turn down the background noise in order to tune into the Lord's voice more clearly. And it's just a fact of life that you hear different things when it gets quiet. In the silence, you hear things that you didn't notice in the noise. In the boredom that comes from stillness, you begin to see things with new perspective. So we're turning down the background noise in order to tune in to God's voice. Now, last week, we learned uh, an incredible promise. We either learned it or reminded it that God wants to provide, that God wants to provide for you and that God wants to provide for you through your prayers. God wants to provide. God wants to provide for you. And God wants to provide for you through your prayers. And so that's why as a part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we are working on identifying, we want everyone to identify their one big thing. The one area where you are seeking the Lord for breakthrough, where you are planting seeds of prayer and taking steps of action that come from prayer and saying, God, this is the one big thing that I'm looking to you to provide. And I've been so encouraged as I've heard your stories of entering into the fast, of, of taking time, of blocking off either parts of a day or whole days or weeks or, or the whole time, blocking it off in order to tune into God's voice and to sow in to your one big thing. I've heard about groups getting together to pray into those things, and that's awesome. What I want to tell you today, though, is we don't just have personal one big things. When Jesus saved you, he didn't just save you for you. He brought you into his family. And as a church, there are things that God wants to do, not just in us individually, but that God wants to do in us and through us as a community and us. So in addition to having one big thing for me or for you, we have a one big prayer, a one big focus for our church. And that is, who knows it? I'll try again. Who knows it? All right. Who knows it? Hey, by next week, I think everyone is going to have it. Holy Spirit, come. And that is our one big thing. That is our heart cry as a church. That is a thing we are calling out to the Lord for together and believing God for a breakthrough in the area of the power and the presence of God in our midst. And I am so excited about what's going to come out of this. I come today with a message that I believe is from God for you. I don't say that very often. It's not something that I start every week with. I shared it last week and I'm going to share it this week because I genuinely believe with all of my heart that God has something that he wants you to know today. It's going to build on what we learned last week. So last week we learned about God providing. This week it's going to be a specific focus, one particular thing that I believe God wants you to know today wants to encourage you with, wants to speak into your hearts and into your minds today. One thing he wants to provide. And like last week had three statements that built on each other, this week has three parts that build on each other. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. If you don't get anything else today, you wanna get these three things and carry them into your week. So I'm gonna give you a minute to pull out your phone, to pull out something to write with, pull out a journal. We have three big points that we are focused on today. Number one, 
God wants to provide us. We learned that last week. God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God wants to provide us. God wants to provide you and he wants to provide me with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say power. Everybody say presence of the Holy Spirit. Number two, God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people. God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people. And number three, God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people for the city or on behalf of the city. And you guys know that our focus this year, what we are focused in on as a church, as a team, as a family is being a church that's for the city, that we would be a people and we would be a community that would be so for people that people would experience our love in such a way that it would change their perspective and paradigm of God, that they might actually believe that God is for them because they've experienced you being for them. But there is no way we are going to live that out together without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives and through our lives. So God wants to provide us. I firmly believe it. And I'm going to show you from the word of God today with the power and the presence of his spirit. He wants to provide it to us through the prayers of his people. And he wants to do it on behalf of the city, on behalf of the city we live in, on behalf of our nation and the nations of the earth. Why is this our one big thing? Why in a year where there's so many pressing needs, why in the world is Holy Spirit come our one big thing? If you're not asking that question, I hope that you're asking that question now. Cause like, why wouldn't we pray for something else? Seems like there's a lot of needs around. There's a lot of options that we could pray into. And here's why, here's why Holy Spirit come is our one big thing. I believe that as the difficulties have been turned up for so many of us this last year, as the challenge level has been turned up, as the trials have been turned up, as those things have been turned up, God wants to turn up in greater measure the outpouring of his presence and his power in our midst. Now, I want to convince you, first of all, with a little humor that for many in our generation, the trials of this last year have felt like, oh my goodness, like what level of Super Mario Brothers did I just get to? This is very, very hard. And I have a few memes. I know we're on a media fast, so if you'll forgive me, I thought we could laugh this morning at some memes. I'm going to show you some of the best memes of 2020 coronavirus related. There are seven of them. I'm going to show them to you, and then we're going to go through and we're going to vote by your cheers. Which one is your favorite meme out of the ones that I show you? Number one. Now, this El Arroyo place, I have no idea where this is, but this restaurant gets so much love through the memes. They have the best signs and it gets spread all around the internet. There one this year, 2019 life advice, avoid negative people. 2020 life advice, avoid positive people. <laughs> that was a good one. Next one. 2020 is a unique leap year. That's 29 days in February, 300 days in March, and five years in April. Who all felt that this year? Give me a wave. Yes. 
Okay, I love this next one. Will Smith, I'm going to Costco and he's loaded up. I remember going to Costco with Jasper, my five-year-old, in March. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is like some crazy movie as everyone is in their masks and they're making a storming run for the toilet paper. People are just fighting to get those rolls of Charmin. I wish I'd invested in Charmin back then, but anyway, okay, we've got the Costco. I love this one. Me looking outside to see what chapter of Revelation are we doing today? (laughs) Okay, next one. Teenagers in the future trying to learn all the things that happened in 2020 for their history final. Okay, here's a favorite of my kids. If 2020 was a bag of chips, it would be orange juice and toothpaste flavored. Oh man, anybody ever drank some orange juice, brush your teeth, or brush your teeth and drink some orange juice and you know what I'm talking about. And then last one, what if 2020 is just a trailer for 2021? Lord help us. Lord help us. First month has been crazy. Okay, so we're going to go through by your cheer, which one is your favorite. If you're watching online, I want you to chat in when the one that you like comes up, chat in what the name of it is, and we'll tally this up in Antioch Weekly. We'll say who was the grand winner of the 2020 meme battle. All right, number one, avoid negative people, avoid positive people. Okay. Got some fans? Number two, 2020 is a unique leap year. Oh, oh, okay. Number three, Will Smith and Costco. Okay, I think that takes the cake so far. Number four, what chapter of Revelation are we on? Yeah, come on, we're church people. That's got to be our meme. (laughs) Number five, what all happened in 2020? That's good, solid one. Number six, uh, orange juice and toothpaste flavored chips. Okay, right there, Addy. Your vote counts a thousand. Awesome. Last one. 2020, just a trailer for 2021. Oh, got some booze. I like it. Okay, we want to have a good outlook on 2021. You guys get the big idea online. Please put in which one is your favorite. Uh, I think at this point, Uh, I'll give it right now to El Arroyo, I think, or maybe Costco. We'll see, though, once all the votes are tallied. Now, we all realize the challenge level has been turned up. And as the challenge level has been turned up, I believe that God wants to turn up the power and the presence of his spirit in our midst. And I want to show you that from the word of God. Because I don't think this is something that I'm coming to you with a great word from me today. I believe I'm coming to you with God's word, the words of Jesus for his people. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. The first point that I want to drive home, and we're talking about why in the world is this important. Uh, The first point that I want to drive home is that this is God's idea for us. Acts chapter 1. Starting in verse four. Now remember, Jesus has risen from the dead. He is there with his disciples and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. And it says on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Then they gathered around him. They leaned in. They asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what's going on? The disciples of Jesus have just been through a significant trial. They saw Jesus crucified. They were shaken. Peter, one of the lead disciples, before the crucifixion, he's like, Jesus, I am with you till the end. I will die with you. Then when the challenge level is turned up and it's like, okay, you said that. We're going to see what happens. And Jesus is taken. Peter is shook. He is overcome with fear. He ends up denying that he even knows Jesus, not just to powerful people, but even to small children. He's like, I don't know that guy. He was that afraid. And now Jesus is risen from the dead. Peter's gone fishing. You're just trying to bring him back in. And Jesus is about to ascend to the father. And the disciples are going to be on their own with the message of salvation for the whole world. They are going to face pressures of all kind. They are going to face persecution. They are going to face poverty. They are going to be beaten. They are going to be stoned. They're going to have to wrestle through issues that they had no idea were coming. There was going to be temptations and power and pressures. Everything they were about to go through, the level was being turned up. And so Jesus is sitting with them. He knows the challenge level is being turned up. He knows the burner is being turned up. They're about to go into the flame, the test of their lives. And they're trying to wrestle. with. If you ever wonder, what are they talking about restoring the kingdom of Israel? They're trying to wrestle with Jesus saying, hey, is there a political solution? Is that what's about to happen? Our political system is going to get right. Rome is going to be overthrown. The government of Israel, we're going to be in charge and it's going to be a good day. And Jesus is like, no, 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 guys. Wrong focus. And for so much of our church in 2021, Jesus is saying, guys, wrong focus. He's saying, don't worry about that right now. What I want you to worry about as the pressure is being turned up, I want you to know that the father has a gift that he wants to give you. That gift is named the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity. And it's the Holy Spirit that you are going to need the power and the presence of God. You are going to need the Holy Spirit if you're going to withstand the trial that you're in and not just withstand, overcome, not just survive, but to advance the kingdom of God in their generation. They're going to need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. They could sit around and wrestle about political solutions all day. And I think politics are important, but we've gotten our focus so focused over here in Jesus and church. It's always been my way to pour out my spirit on my people. That's the way that I move. That's the way that you're going to respond. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, the flame is to being turned up on your own. You do not have much of a hope. Peter, honestly, you're getting scared by little kids, right? This is not going to be good for you if you don't wait for the gift that my father's talking about, because I've called you to lead your church. I've called you to lead the church in the birthing of the church and the changing of the world. Whew. 
We could just do a Selah right there. I came to preach to you today. Now, you might be asking, well, Zach, what is such a big deal about the Holy Spirit? What you might know of the Holy Spirit is, oh, that's some like goosebumps I get from time to time when I hear a good story in church. You might have grown up in a church that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Bible. I love the Father, and I love the Son, and I love the Holy Bible. But Jesus said, I want to give you the Spirit. You may have grown up in a church uh, where it was like all focused on the Spirit, and there was no word, and there was no uh, anything else. It was just that. And that may have left a bad taste in your mouth, and I understand. But I want you to look at the words of Jesus. And I want you to look at the heart of Jesus. And I want you to look at what Jesus is saying today from his word. I don't want you to be persuaded by my words. I want you to look at God's word to you. And maybe you didn't grow up in church at all, and you're like, Holy Spirit, is that like the force on Star Wars? I have no idea. You are in the right place. I feel you, right? And we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit today. And when I was asking these questions, I asked a mentor to explain this to me because I was seeing and learning things about the power and the presence of God that were blowing my mind. Was, I was early on involved in a church that was loving Jesus, was reaching out, and I was just getting my world turned upside down, but I didn't have a grid. I didn't have language. I didn't understand. What is all this? And my buddy Reggie sat down with me, and he walked me through these scriptures, and he walked me through, and he said, hey, Zach, tell me, Peter, you know he denied Jesus three times. You know, he denied Jesus even a little kids, right? You know, he, even after Jesus resurrected, he went fishing. Like he, he was done. And then a few chapters later, that same Peter is standing up, which we're about to read, preaching boldly to the same people that just crucified Jesus. What happened? What changed? And I was like, Reggie, I have no idea. I've never thought about that. And he took me right to this passage. And he said, there's one thing that changed. The Holy Spirit came upon Peter. The Holy Spirit came upon him and empowered him to be able to step into God's purposes for his life. And I believe Peter is a picture of the church that on our own, guys, we're in trouble. I'll be honest. Me on my own. Oh boy. Right. But under the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, well, that's a different story, right? And I believe God wants to provide us, wants to provide his people, not just our church. I believe the church of Jesus Christ wants to provide his church with the power and the presence of his spirit in this season like we've not experienced in our generation. So what happens? We've now seen, and I hope you, you, you understand, you've seen Jesus say it. I hope you see God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the spirit. What happens next? Verse 12, the apostles returned to Jerusalem. So Jesus said, hey, don't leave Jerusalem. They said, okay, we're gonna go back there. We're gonna wait. They returned from the hill called Mount of Olives, which was a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Verse 13, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and they all joined together constantly in prayer. In your Bible, you want to highlight that. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Jesus said, go wait for the gift that my father sent you, 
They said, okay, you've taught us to do one thing when we're waiting, and that's pray. So they go back to Jerusalem, they gather together, and they begin to pray. And they were praying along with the women, and they were praying with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with Jesus' brothers. In fact, there were about 120 people, men and women, gathered in that upper room prayer meeting, praying and waiting on God. And they all joined together constantly in prayer. Verse 14, this wasn't just one or two people praying and a work God just wanted to do in one or two, but this was the church praying. And this was a work God wanted to do in the church. And I realize in America, we love like me and Jesus doing my own thing. And I love that too. I like to be my own person. And at the same time, we need to realize because we're more disciples of Jesus than disciples of our generation, that Jesus has brought us together into his church. And that there are certain things that God wants to do, not just in you or me, but that he wants to do in us. And they're only going to be unlocked through a praying church. So just like last week, we learned the way that God provides is through his people praying. Now we see an application. The way that God provides the spirit, they're gathered in prayer and the spirit is about to be poured out in a new way. It's through prayer. My parents uh, live in Georgia uh, and we've not seen them since the beginning of March when everything kind of shut down. I miss them. My kids miss them. My wife misses them and they send us packages from time to time with just things postcards, old books, whatever it may be. And they'll always call and tell me, hey, a package is on the way, right? It's important for me if I want to know the, get the contents of the package to know, okay, that's going to be delivered to my mailbox. I need to go check it. It's not just enough for my parents to want to send the gift. I need to, go, I need to know how to go and receive it. Think about that one. It's not just enough for us to know God wants to give his church the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, but we need to know how is that power and presence accessed? Where do we receive it? Where's the proverbial mailbox that we need to go to? It's the place of prayer and it's the place of the church praying. And as they prayed, it wasn't one prayer meeting. It wasn't a 10 minute session. It wasn't just a day. They prayed for nine days in a row seeking the Lord. And I was actually in a prayer meeting this week with a member of our church, Terry Morris. We love Terry. Terry is watching, worshiping with us online. We love Terry and Deborah. And he was reminding me of how he came to know the Lord. Now, Terry now is an engineer. He works for HP uh, and on this call, he has all these plaques behind him on the call. I'm like, Terry, what, what are all those plaques? He's like, oh, those are patents that I have. AKA he's very smart, right? I was like, wow, I hope I don't say anything dumb on this call. But he began to tell me that wasn't kind of how his life always was. He grew up in Florida in the sixties and early seventies, right? In a generation marked by drifting, marked by drugs, marked by alcohol, marked by quote unquote free love. Uh, Don McLean in the American Pie song said it was a generation lost in space with no time left to start again. Well, that was Terry's teenage years. And one particular evening he had been partying and he was uh, inebriated or high and he was by the water of the ocean in Florida at a party 
And he decided to get into the water. That'd be a good idea to go swimming. And he gets into the water. And as is often the case, right? He gets overcome. And the water, the current, the tide takes him out. Takes him out to sea. So here's this teenage boy, high, inebriated, drifting out to sea. And he said he was able to turn his head up and kind of float on his back. But he was too far out to see the land and he couldn't see anything around him other than the stars in the sky. And he began to worry that he had died and that he was now drifting into an empty eternity all alone. And it began to hit him that he had wasted his life. He had wasted his opportunity and he felt like the maker of the universe had deemed Terry's life so empty that what he deserved was just to drift into eternity with no one all alone. That's where he was for hours, just drifting and being overwhelmed with the emptiness of his life, with how he'd wasted his life. And in that moment, for the first time in his life, as is my understanding, he began to call out to God. He didn't know God. He didn't know if God was real, but he's God. If you are out there, I'm so sorry for the way that I have wasted my life. Please save me. And as he began to cry out, all of a sudden, he finds himself washed up on shore and he realizes he's not dead. He realizes he's alive and that God had heard his prayers and given him a new start. So he goes looking for a church. And as he goes into this church, what he learns is that he is not the only teenager in Florida at that time who were having these dramatic life-altering experiences with God. He described it that there was person after person, teen after teen, who had been drifting like Terry and through one way or another, sometimes in jail, sometimes addicted to drugs, sometimes at the beach just surfing. And this awareness of God would hit them. It would help them to realize that they were drifting and that God had better things for them. And so there's this movement among people and Terry begins to ask, well, why is this happening and how is this happening? And get this, he found out that there was a small church that not a lot of people knew about, but a small church that for the last 20 years, the last two decades, had been praying faithfully that God would pour out his spirit on the young people of their community. And it was happening. And in church after church after church, stories like Terry were showing up at their front door. I don't know how I got here. I don't know much about God. I just know that he saved me. And their lives were being transformed. And I wanted to share that story with you today because I hope it helps us connect this idea of prayer being the means. It may not be a five-minute prayer meeting. It may not be a one-day prayer meeting. It may not be a nine-day prayer meeting. It may be a two-decade prayer meeting, right? But it's through prayer that God pours out his spirit. So what we've seen is that God wants to provide us with power, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit because we need it. Amen. We need it. Amen. There you go. Amen just means let it be. I know in uh, Congress or wherever they were praying and the guy ended it with a man and a woman. And I know he was trying to do like a gender deal, I guess, just so you can know. I taught Latin. Latin. It just means let it be. 
So when I say amen, you say amen. It just means let it be. Let it be, okay? God wants to provide us with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people. Amen? Amen. Okay. So in this time of prayer and fasting, we are giving ourselves to prayer. We're going to pray at the end of this service. Next week, our whole service is going to be a prayer service. Each month we are asking in this season, we're asking our life groups to pray each week into this, but each month, once a month, we're asking our life groups to pray, to focus on prayer because we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as your pastor, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if our breakthrough is going to come today. I don't know if our breakthrough is going to come in nine days. I don't know if it's going to come in six months. I don't know if it's going to come in 10 years. I have no idea, but I know it's coming. And I don't want us just to move on into February. I want us to move forward as a church. I don't want you just to move on. Well, that was cool. I did that deal. And now I'm just going to go back and whatever. No, no, no. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. We can't control what happens out there in many ways, right? But we can control the response of our hearts. And we can control our focus. And so whether it's one day or a week, we're going to hunger and thirst after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Now, this next part is really important. Don't drift here. Don't, don't check out here. I need you to get this third part. God wants to provide us with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people for the city. Now, this is really important. When you come to faith, God gives you the Holy Spirit as a down payment of what is to come, of eternity to come. Ephesians chapter one. If you are in Christ, you have been given the Holy Spirit. What we read actually in the gospels is that Jesus, before what we're about to read, before he told him, hey, go wait for the father to pour out the spirit on you. He had already breathed on them and given, him the, given them the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was active in their lives. But there was something new that God wanted to do. And you see it in Acts chapter 2. You see it again in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 5, you see it again and again. And in Ephesians 5, Paul just says, hey, you need to be filled and keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. But what I'm talking about now is the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And I've heard it said that God gives you the Holy Spirit in you for you. To comfort you, to encourage you, to help you know you're a child of God. But that he places the Holy Spirit upon you for others. That's where our power for ministry comes from. Okay? We're about to read that happening. Acts chapter two, starting in verse one. So they've been praying. They've been praying nine days. Stay with me. This is important. Lean in right here. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, all of them, the whole church. Not just Peter. All of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, this passage has incredible significance in the Bible. You might be like, what? Tongues? Fire? That is so weird. It is weird, except it's pointing to something that is a deep part of the story of the people of God. 
In the Old Testament, fire showed up when God's presence was there. Fire showed up to Moses at the burning bush in the book of Exodus, and it was God saying, I am with you, and I'm calling you to deliver my people. Fire showed up as they left Exodus, and it would lead them by night, the presence of God going before them. When Moses went up to receive the Ten Commandments, fire came upon the mountain. Fire showed over and over and over again that this was a place that God was coming near. This was a place where heaven was meeting earth. And so when they're seeing these little flames of fire over them, it is a sign that God, as he pours out his spirit on his church, it's heaven coming near, that it's new temples being built, that it's God working through his people. Now, the tongues part is also like, I don't, I don't get that unless you've read the book of Genesis. And I know this may be beyond where some of us are at, but I'm just going to go back there just real quick. You remember in the book of Genesis, there's a story called the Tower of Babel. In that story, mankind is coming together to build a tower to heaven to make a great name for us. We're trying to overthrow God's authority. And it said there, and it said then, that God separated them. He put an end to it, and that their languages were split. So division came as new tongues were spoken. Well, what's happening here is the reverse. Rather than people being driven apart by new languages, new languages are actually bringing diverse people together. Okay? Now, let's keep reading. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. You need to get that. That's important. Every nation under heaven. And this is a foretaste of what's to come in the rest of the book of Acts. There are diverse people there from different backgrounds and different countries and different languages. But when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. It was like God had a personal message for each one. Utterly amazed, they asked, well, aren't these who speak in Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Wow. If you want to speak in tongues, just try and say that three times fast. I got like a workout today. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues in our own language. So this diverse group of people, God pours out his spirit on the disciples. And now they're able to show forth the glory of God in ways they couldn't have imagined before. And people they couldn't have imagined impacting in their city were impacted. We're saying, wow, we're hearing the glory of God in a way that makes sense to us. So what happens? A new kind of community is birthed out of that outpouring of the spirit. Ephesians would call it a new kind of humanity. How many of you guys know whether you align politically on the right or the left, or you are somewhere in between? How many of you know that our world in this season needs a new kind of community, needs a new kind of humanity? We need something new. And that's what God does through the spirit. And he does it on behalf of the city. So let's look at this new community. Jump down in chapter two to verse 42 through 47. This diverse community, people came to face that we want to follow Jesus. So they come together and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. That means the word of God, 
They devoted themselves to fellowship, to relationship with one another, to breaking of bread and to prayer. So they were relationship with God and relationship with people. We call that sons and daughters. That's what they were living like. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So there's this generosity that's coming out, this sharing of resources to people in need. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Parents, stick with me. Stick with me here. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So God, as he pours out his spirit, impacts the city in such a way that a new community is built. And this new community, the church, is going to overturn the world and bring a taste of heaven to places that they couldn't even imagine in those days, out of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So what have we learned today? What have we seen today? What are we focused on? God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God wants to provide us with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people. And God wants to provide us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit through the prayers of his people for the city. So last week was for you. I worked hard in the Holy Spirit kitchen all week trying to cook something up, some bread for you last week to feed you spiritually that God wants to provide for you. This week is not bread for you. This is seed. This is seed for a harvest to be planted for someone else. And there's someone else in your life, in your world, in your sphere of influence that God wants to pour out his spirit on you. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow or two months from now. We'll see. But God wants to pour out his spirit on you for them, for breakthrough in their life, for transformation in their life, for a new kind of community to be built. In the place of hatred, there will be love. In the place of greed, there will be generosity. In the place of homogeneity, there would be diversity. Right? You get the idea. In the place of, of mourning, there would be joy. God wants to transform us and through transforming us, transform our city. So what are we going to do? We're going to stand now and invite you to stand. And our prayer team is going to come forward, our prayer and prophetic team. And we're going to close the service a little differently today than we normally do. Because I don't want us just to move on. I want us to move forward in the purposes of God. Our prayer team is going to be up here for anyone who's hearing this saying, man, I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That may have never happened to you in your life before, or it may have happened, you know, I remember that in junior high, or I remember that in college, or I remember that when I was 25 or 35 or 40. may have happened, right? Ephesians 5 tells us, keep being filled. And as the challenge has been turned up, man, we need the power and presence of the Lord turned up in a fresh way. So if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come forward in just a minute as the worship team leads us. They're going to lead us. And if that's not you, that's totally cool. But we're going to press in as a church together and pray into this. I don't know how long we'll do that. We're just going to tarry before the Lord. And if you're watching online, if you're worshiping with us online, you are a part of this. I believe God wants to pour out his spirit on you right where you are. So if you will go in the chat, if you'll open up the chat on YouTube, there is a link where you can connect with part of our prayer team virtually.
people who are online wanting to pray for you to be filled, for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, for God to provide his Holy Spirit to you in a fresh way, the power and the presence of the Lord. As the worship team leads us, church, it's time for us to press in. This is not a time to sit by. We're not people that just talk about stuff. We're people that be about stuff. Way too many commentators in our world, far too few are doers. We're going to be doers. We're going to seek the Lord together. Okay. So the worship team is going to lead us. Let's let God come and move. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the breaking and the brokenness, Lord, that's not the final word, but you are planting new seeds and turned up soil for new harvests. And one of those seeds of the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, like we've not known or not known in a long time, Lord. Not just for us, but for our city, Lord. So we come before you hungering and thirsting after your kingdom, after your presence, after your power, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. God, this last year has emptied us, Lord. We're trusting you to come and fill us in Jesus' name.